You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. Before I jump into the message, I was given a, a prayer request from my God. I'm kind of afraid the way we're ending things today, I might forget to share it at the end. So I wanted to uh, just uh, make a note to you, if you want to jot down this uh, name, uh, Justin Watson. Uh, he's the uh, son of a, a good friend of Greg Price. And uh, what had happened uh, Friday night, he uh, uh, accidentally shot his hand while he was cleaning uh, a gun and had to have about three and a half hour surgery. Uh, on that, and, and Greg gave me that as a prayer request after we had uh, prayed earlier. So if you can uh, just write his name down, Justin Watson, uh, down and remember him in prayer, then uh, uh, we would greatly, and especially the family, uh, would greatly appreciate you, uh, you doing that. Our series for January is called New. Uh, anytime the new year rolls around, that's kind of a topic that's on people's minds. Maybe they're wanting to think about something new because last year might not have been that great you know there could have been some negative things they're having to deal with so they're more than ready to go into a new year uh sometimes when we get around to a new year people are talking about new goals or you know new resolutions things like that that they uh, uh want to set in their life uh, a lot of times when we think about uh new uh we're just hoping there'll be better opportunities this year than in the last, but it's a, it's a thought that really comes to us uh, kind of every year. Uh, hopefully you realize this, but the Bible has a lot to say about new, and uh, that's why we are going to uh, talk about it, uh, this uh, series, from a biblical standpoint. You know, what should really new mean to us? Uh, and here's where we're going uh, this month. You can see the, the topics there, a new song, a new life. Uh, new mercy, a new commandment, all things new is the way we'll uh, finish out the series. Uh, so you'll kind of you know, know how to pray and what to think about as we uh, go that direction. Today, we're talking about a new song. Uh, we as Christians, we who have Christ as our Savior, have a relationship with God through Jesus, we have a new song to sing uh, because of things that Christ has done for us, because of having a growing relationship with Jesus that we ought to have, there ought to be some freshness, some new things for us to sing about, uh, the relationship that we have with Him. I want you to notice these words that David uh, wrote in Psalm 40, in verse uh, 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. David there writes from his own experience. David many times had cried out to God and was in a dangerous situation. Saul had been trying to hunt him down at one point in his life. Other enemies wanted to get rid of Paul and come against God's people as David was leading them. His own son Absalom rebelled against him. And many times you see David having to flee for his life, having to go and hide out in a cave, in a pit more or less, and having to cry out to God, asking God to intervene, for God to help. And David says he patiently waited in other words, God might not have instantly answered the prayer, but he patiently waited, and God did hear him and did raise him up out of that pit of destruction and set his feet on solid ground on a rock and directed his steps. A lot of theologians look at this also as a, as a type or a picture of Jesus because Jesus came into this world, the pit of our sin, and he died on the cross for us, and he went down into the grave. And God the Father raised him up. And God the Son puts us upon his own divine self, him being the rock. And through him, we've got everlasting life. And because of that relationship with Jesus, we've got a new song that we can sing. What I want to briefly talk to you about this morning is why you and I should have a new song to sing. Why should we have a new song to sing? And I'm going to give you kind of three 
simple reasons. And then John's going to come out and share with you a little bit about worship. And then we're actually going to sing some more new songs because that's what really today's about. So as we think about this, here's the, the first reason why I see in this text that we ought to sing a new song. We have a new song to sing because of our experiences with the Lord. Because of our experiences with the Lord. We've got past experiences. We've got new experiences. David had a lot of experiences with God. He writes these words in verse number 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. You've been there probably in your own life before, to where you've cried out and you had to wait patiently. Look at that just for a moment and break down what he's saying there. See, there are times that we've cried. There are times that we've been faced with dangerous circumstances. There are times that there have been difficulties in our life. And all we can do is just cry out to God. We feel like we're maybe in a pit of destruction. Or we feel like we're stuck in the mud, more or less, in a, in a, moggy, uh, in a boggy mire that he talked about uh, there. We, there's a lot of times in our lives we may, we may just feel like someone's after us. Someone's trying to hunt us down. We may, we may feel like maybe even our own family is against us, like David felt like his own family was against us but we face situations in our life that causes us to cry out to God so there's times that we've cried there's also times we've had to patiently wait he said I've waited patiently for the Lord the, the phrase there for waited patiently is the exact same word in the Hebrew repeated twice and what the word means is this it means to bind together Perhaps by twisting something, to collect something and, and twist it together. And you're kind of expecting a result out of it. It's what the word means. And I think that really should give us a, a good picture of what it might be like and what's taking place, what's going on when we're patiently waiting for God to answer our cries. See, a lot of times you may think, well, I cried out and God's not answered. And you're starting to think to yourself, maybe God doesn't care because God's not answered yet. Well, the truth of the matter is, God many times wants us to patiently wait. And during that time of patiently waiting, He's binding together some things. I mean, He's taking the good, bad, and the ugly. He's even taking that negative situation that we might be going through, and He wants to use it to a good end in our lives. It's like He's taking whatever it is we're facing, and He's binding it together and twisting it together, collecting it together, and we ought to expect good on the other side of it. That gives us a picture of what it is to really wait for God. Just because He's not answered right away doesn't mean He's not at work. What he's doing is taking all that stuff and he's twisting it together to bring out his purpose and his plan in your life. So many times we've cried and many times we've had to patiently wait. But thank God also, many times Jesus has responded. David writes these words, he inclined to me and heard my cry. That, that phrase inclined to me, I, I love the, the meaning of this in the Hebrew. It means to stretch or spread out. Toward my direction. That's what David is saying. Now, now get the picture of that. He's saying, I cried out to the Lord. And the God of all the universe spread out in my direction. Guys, I don't know about you. That's pretty encouraging as I think about going into a new year. Because I can cry out to God. And the God that created everything. The God that's holy, holy, holy. I can cry out to Him and He can spread out in my direction. He can incline Himself to me. And listen intelligently with intention to what I'm saying. That's why you and I ought to sing a new song. We've got a God that we can cry out to, a God that can respond, a God that can answer our cries to Him. We've got past experiences that we've been through, just like David could have written songs about you know, the time he went out to face Goliath, or when Saul was after him, or all the other enemies that he faced, or even his own son Absalom trying to hunt him down and kill him because he wanted to take over the throne. There are a lot of negative experiences that David had in his life, but God worked through it all. And God can work through our negative experiences. You see, it also implies, when you think about a new song, it's also implying what I alluded to earlier. It really implies a growing relationship. That's why you and I ought to have new songs to sing. See, the thing that I used to sing about Jesus and what he did in my life a few months back, I don't need to be happy with just that. I need to be in a growing relationship with him. So I've got something new to sing about today. And something new to sing about tomorrow. And something new to sing about next week. That's why we ought to have a new song to sing. 
We ought to sing this new song because of our experiences with the Lord. But secondly, we also have a new song to sing because of our deliverance by the Lord. Look what David writes in verse number 2. He says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of that miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. David's writing about God delivering him, God answering his cries when he was in all those dangerous situations. And we can take that, I think, and apply it to our own life because of Jesus Christ being the rock and apply it in a way spiritually to where we're talking about how God has delivered us. And I want you to notice some things there in that verse, and then we'll move on. We ought to have a new song to sing because God draws us. God draws us. He drew me up. By the way, aren't you glad of the direction of that? He drew me up. God draws us to himself. We ought to be so thrilled with that today. See, some people get that really twisted. Some people think, oh, no, I went seeking after God. Well, the Bible says you didn't. I'm sorry. The Bible says he draws us. He calls us to himself. Jesus looked at his disciples in John 15, verse 16. He said this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appoint you that you can go bear fruit and your fruit should abide. And whatever you ask in the Father's name, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. But in with that, Jesus is saying, listen, I, I called you, I drew you to myself. And that ought to be a good reason why on this New Year's Day, we who know Christ as our Savior, we've got a, a song to sing because He drew us. We were stuck down in the mud of our sin. Not only did He draw us, God also does this. God delivers us. God delivers us. That's why we've got a song to sing, a new song to sing. David writes these words. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. That word pit literally means a hole or a prison. It gives the idea of you know, being in bondage and, and now you're being set free. And that gives us a clear description of our problem before we had Christ as our Savior, because we were in a prison. We were in a prison of our sin. And we had to cry out to God, and God reaches down through Jesus, and God draws us out of that pit of destruction. The miry bog that's mentioned there, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, we got you know, some people attend our church that got heritage over in Scotland. I felt kind of Scottish this week, you know, with the, with the miry bog stuff or, or whatever. But, you know, some, you know, some translations say different things. But it really talks about a, it means a sticky clay or, or mud. And, and it kind of gives me the image of, of really where we were. We were stuck in our sin. You know, our, our sin was stuck to us like, like clay or, or mud. But this word in the Hebrew also gives the idea of not just being stuck. It gives the idea of that mud and that dirt being swept away. Of it being uh, cleaned off. So that's kind of symbolic, I think, of this. You know, David said, I cried out to the Lord. He reached down to where I was at in this pit of destruction. He brought me out. And not only did he get me out of that miry bog that I was in of my sin, he actually cleaned it off of me. You know, he, he did away with that sin that was attached to me. And he cleansed me through the shed blood of Jesus. So we today ought to have a new song to sing because God delivers us and that's what David is talking about God draws us and God delivers us to give you a little bit of uh, scriptural background to that why we can say God delivers us look at these other verses first Peter he himself talking about Jesus bore our sins in his body on a tree why that we might die to sin and live to righteousness look at the next verse second Corinthians five twenty one. For our sake, he, talking about God the Father, made him, talking about God the Son, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. The perfect Lamb of God who is sinless became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We've got a reason to sing a new song. Look at these verses here in Revelation. And they sang a new song. Why were they singing a new song? What was the song about? Here's what they were singing. Worthy are you, talking about Jesus, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every 
tribe and language, people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Why do we have a new song to sing? Because of what Jesus Christ has done for mankind, coming into this world, shedding his blood, so that you, can, you and I can be delivered out of that pit that we're in. We ought to have a new song because of his deliverance, because he's delivered us. He draws us, he delivers us, but he also directs us. Because David goes on and he says this, And set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. That phrase rock talks about loftiness. It really gives the idea in the Hebrew of, of a fortress that's high on a mountain to where you feel like you're safe and secure. But it's symbolic of Jesus as being the rock. That's why you and I have a new song to sing. We were stuck in our sin. We were in a dangerous pit of destruction. And Jesus reaches down and he takes us and he lifts us out and he sets us upon his own divine self to where we have a place to stand before God. To where we have a solid foundation in life. And then he makes our steps secure is what David writes. And that talks about our, our going forth being established, our, our steps being, being fixed and, and prepared. It gives the idea of God doing this. He erects us, He stands us on Jesus, and He appoints our steps. You know how you can have a better year in 2012 than you had in 2011? If you'll just let Jesus direct your steps, that'd help a bunch. You just understand that through faith in Jesus, you've been placed upon him. He's your solid rock. And if you'll let him secure your steps and direct your steps, and if you'll take the steps he wants you to in life, it'll make all the difference in this year between last year if we'll allow him to fully direct our steps in this coming year. We'll have more and more reasons to sing a new song as we have new experiences with him, as we allow him to direct our steps. Reminds me of the old song that... Uh, you know, been sung in churches for years and years, on Christ the solid rock I stand. You remember the rest of it? All the other ground is, is sinking sand. The only solid place we have to stand is Jesus. And because of Jesus, we have a new song to sing. Warren Wiersbe, I was reading something in, in some of his uh, writings this past week, and, and Warren talked about hearing a country preacher deal with this text that we're looking at this morning. And the three points that the country preacher used uh, were these three points. God brought him up. That was the first point. Brought him up. God stood him up. Stood him on the rock. And God tuned him up. Gave him a, a new song to sing. See, we need to allow God to do that in our lives. We need to let him, or know that he has, brought us up and stood us up upon Jesus. But we need to let him tune us up to where we've got a new song that we sing. Third reason why today that we ought to have a new song to sing as believers. If you know Christ as your Savior, we have a new song to sing for this reason also. Because others need to hear about our Lord. Others need to hear about our experience. Others need to hear what Jesus has done for us. Others need to hear us sing that he brought us up out of the pit. Others need to hear us sing that he put us on a solid rock. Others need to hear us sing that he has secured our steps and directed our steps. Look what David writes in verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Before John comes out, I want you to see three things. In what he says there. First of all, we've got songs of praise to sing about God. He's put a song in our mouth because of what he's done for us. And we need to sing about him, what he's done for us. We've got a new, fresh thing that we can sing about because of what God's done for us. That growing relationship. The, the word for song literally means a a uh, traveling minstrel. That's what the uh, root word meant. So, uh, you know, to give you an image of that, some of you have seen, you know, movies and things about medieval times, and you've got this person that's assigned to be like the, the minstrel, and he's walking everywhere he goes, and he's playing an instrument, and he's singing wherever he goes, you know, through the town, across the countryside. You know, so everywhere he goes, he's, he's playing an instrument, singing. I think that gives us a picture of what we ought to be doing. You and I, everywhere we go, we ought to be 
singing the new song because of what Jesus has done for us. Walking through life, traveling through life, we need to be singing a new song, telling people what he's done. We ought to be giving praise to him, be clear about who he is and what he's done, to shine, to make a boast, even to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate. Hey, the world celebrated last night. Guess what? We ought to celebrate today because of what Christ has done for us. We've got songs of praise to sing about God. He put a new song in my mouth, something for me to sing about what he's done for me. We have songs of praise to sing to God, a song of praise to our God because of what he's done for us. We ought to worship him and sing songs of praise to him. But we also have songs of praise to sing for others to hear. David says, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I'm convinced that when God's people gets together to worship, and it doesn't matter who's leading in worship, when we come into this place, we've got a reason to sing. And you know what happens a lot of times? There's a lost world out there, and sometimes they'll come check out this place, and a lot of times they may check us out more than other places because maybe they've heard we're different or something. You know what happens if they come in and they're in a worship set when we ought to be excited and singing about what Jesus has done for us and they look over and we're just kind of like this? You know what that communicates to them? Well, there must not be a lot really for them to be that happy about and sing about. And they can go out to a concert, out to a ball game and see people just thrilled to death. Well, we're the ones that has more reason to be thrilled to death than anyone. Because of what Jesus has done for us. We, we, need to, we need to sing and we need to worship Him. Not just in here, but wherever we are. Because other people need to see it. Those other people need to hear that we were in a pit and He brought us out. That we were stuck in the mud and He brought us out. That He put us on His own divine self, Jesus Christ the rock. And that He guides us and, and helps us in life with the difficulties of life that we, that we face. Other people need to hear us sing that song because they need to put their trust in the Lord. And the word trust there literally means to run to for refuge. They're not going to run to Him for refuge unless we make Him look like He's a really good refuge and He is. Amen? He's the greatest refuge. Because of what He's done for us, we need to sing a new song. I'll be back later. John, come share with us. Y'all would welcome John as he comes to share with us. Give him a little day three welcome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, appreciate Lynn and the, the team here. And uh, you guys have a great church. I hope you know that. I hope you realize that and appreciate your, your folks um, and one another. It's uh, really a neat place. And um, <clears throat> Lynn told me, you know, we were going to talk about the idea of a new song today, and um, as we were dialoguing, I told him uh, last week that, you know, I, I just really felt like it was important to, to address the term worship today, because I think that for whatever reason, in Christian culture, we have equated the word worship with music. So when we talk about singing a new song, we automatically think worship. And, and it's valid, but I want, I want to point something out to you this morning. First of all, um, they're not equal. They're not synonymous terms. Uh, but listen to the terminology we use in church. The worship team, that means the musicians. The worship set, that means the songs. The worship service, or time of worship. Our man, worship was great at our church today. Everybody's referring to the music when they say that. And, um, you know, biblically speaking, uh, we've equated two words that are not synonymous. And so I think we really need to understand what the word worship is all about before we talk about why we sing a new song. And so today, I want to start off with the definition uh, of the English term, worship. The word worship comes from two roots in, in Old English language, worth and sipe. And the word worth means value. We are familiar with that word. The word sipe means to ascribe to. So 
If you say the word worship, in English you are literally saying to ascribe worth or value to something. And when we worship, that's what we're doing. We're saying we are ascribing worth and value to Christ or worth and value to God. And, and uh, you know, we, we read in the Old Testament that God says not to worship idols. Don't place too much value in things. Right? That's one, one application we can have of that today. But, in, but back in the, in the Old Testament times, they may have actually been little uh, statues representing uh, what they believed their God was like or these gods were like. And so God says, don't put worth in those things. They're vain. And so worship is about ascribing value to something. It's about loving God. The concept is like this. Worship is really, really a variant of the word love. And, and if you think about magnitude of love in the English language, if you went from the least amount of love to the greatest amount of love, uh, love is still positive, but the least amount of love to the greatest amount of love, you might say something like this, I like. Okay, is that fair? Maybe a little bit of love. I love, that means there's more magnitude. I adore is even greater. And then I worship. You ever heard people say, I worship the ground they walk on, or I adore chocolate, or, you know, whatever. You know, we apply these words to all kinds of things that really shouldn't be applied, you know, they shouldn't be applied to, but, but the idea is the magnitude of our affection. And so we talk about worship, we're talking about the greatest magnitude of affection to ascribe the greatest amount of value to Christ. And uh, in, in the Bible, there's two words that predominantly are translated from the original languages into the English word worship. In the Old Testament, excuse me, i got to look at my notes because I won't remember how to pronounce it otherwise. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, the word is shacha. In the Greek, the word is proskunio. And both of those words have basically the same meaning. They have a similar meaning. They both mean to bow down. And so when we read in the Old Testament about those who worshiped God, it literally is saying they bowed down to God. Imagine Moses on the mountain and the burning bush in front of him and the voice of God booms and says, Moses, you're standing on holy ground. I think the moment that I heard God's voice and I saw the bush, um, he wouldn't have to tell me that I was standing on holy ground for me to know that I was in the presence of holiness. And, And Moses fell prostrate to the ground, face down. That is the word worship. And in the New Testament, the word proscunio literally means to kiss the hand in homage. The the imagery is of of the emperor or a prince or a king or a queen, uh, somebody that when you you meet them, you would greet them by kneeling or or bowing or curtsying and, and, and kissing the hand or kissing the ring, the sign of their authority. And so proscunio means to, to bow before and to kiss the hand of in reverence, in homage, in honor. And so when we read these words and we talk about worship, this is the concept that more than 80% of the time in Scripture when you read the word worship in the English language, this is what's being said. And so we have to have an understanding of what that is in order for us to really understand what we're talking about when we refer to worship. We're talking about a word that means to bow, to surrender, to, to honor, to reverence, to give allegiance to Christ. And it's much more than music. Uh, let me, I didn't say this in the first service, but let me say this now. Music is much more, I mean, worship is much more than music. There are other ways that you worship God. Some of them are just by attending church. Well, that's one way. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so sitting under the preaching of the Word is an act of worship. Your tithe is an act of worship. Your obedience to the Scripture is an act of worship. Every time that you're tempted to do something you shouldn't, and you remember the command of Scripture, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not covet, whatever the commandment may be, or maybe the words of Jesus, honor, you know, love those who, who uh, curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. When we do those things in obedience, that's an act of worship. So worship is not music, and music is not worship. They're two separate things. Let me give you an analogy. It's kind of like this. It's saying that music equals worship. It's kind of like saying that blue equals light. 
If you know anything, if you remember anything about physics from school, you remember Roy G. Biv, the rainbow colors and all that sort of thing. And in light, certain frequencies of light waves create certain colors. And if you isolate a certain frequency, you get a certain color. So in order to have blue, you have to have light, right? But just because you have blue doesn't mean you have light. Okay, your, your shirt has blue on it. That doesn't mean your shirt is, has light. And so, I mean, you don't walk into a room and say, uh, Honey, would you turn the blue off when you leave? It, it doesn't work. Okay? Blue is merely one uh, facet or expression of light. It's one, it's one part of light. It is not light. And when you put all of the frequencies together, you get what we refer to as light, where you have this white light. So to say music equals worship is like saying blue equals light, and it just doesn't work. But still, music is, is, is a, a pivotal part of worship. It's, it's an important aspect. Why is it so important? Why is it that, that we equate the two? How does music fit into worship? Well, let me give you some things that, um, that, I've, that I think of, and, and you know, there's, there's probably lots of other things out there. I'm not the smartest man, but I'll share with you what little bit I know. And um, one of the things that I know is that music is a universal language. It really is. And if you look at any culture, any country, any, any ethnicity around the world, you'll find the impact of music on their culture, on their values, on their morality, on their, 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 their history, their art. Everything about their culture influenced by music in some way. Or the cultures influence the music, and vice versa. Okay, and when you hear certain sounds, you think of certain types of music. If you hear certain, you know, if I were sitting here playing a drum, and and no offense to any Native Americans in the room, because I can't. But if you, if I was playing a drum and I was singing, hey, 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 you think, oh, it's Native American. Okay, and if uh, you hear a sitar, you may think Indian. Um, you know, as in India, and and. And if you, if you hear certain combinations of tones and sounds, you think, oh, uh, that's Asian music. And we think of a culture because the music reflects the culture and the culture reflects the music. And music is a pivotal part. And, and it's, a, it's a universal language. I was working with a worship team one time. And this, this uh, guy was visiting from another country. And I didn't know how to speak his language. And he didn't know how to speak English. Uh, but he was a musician and he was a believer. And, and uh, the person introduced us, was translating, he said... And she said, um, you know, uh, he, he's a believer. He, he leads music at his church and things like that. He's wondering if he could play with you guys. I was like, sure. So we put him on the piano, and, and we couldn't communicate with words. But he got on stage and helped lead worship with me. And because we were able to speak the same language, we were both worshiping Christ through music. Um, I, I had an opportunity a few months ago to be a part of, of a festival in Kernersville. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a Southern Baptist church in Kernersville for Arabic people. 67% of the Arabs in the United States are Christians who have escaped their homeland because of persecution by the Muslims. And they come to America to find refuge. And so, here in North Carolina, in, in the Triad area, there's a large population, and there's a Southern Baptist church in Kernersville, an Arabic church for Arabic believers from Egypt and Jordan and Israel and, and, and all these other places in the Middle East. And uh, they, called, they, they contacted me and uh, had my band come out and, and do some music at the festival. And so they also had a worship leader from Jordan who was there for the festival. And so the praise team from that church and the worship leader from Jordan would get together and do music and everybody was crowded under the tent and, and uh, they were all engaged and they were worshiping and it was great stuff. And then we would get up there, a bunch of white boys, and we'd start playing music and it was like, they just disappeared. And there was a language barrier. They didn't understand what we were singing. They, they, we didn't know what they were singing and they didn't know the songs. So to them, we were just kind of like background music while they did other things. And when the other guy came up, it was time for, for music. It was kind of time for worship again. So uh, I went and talked to, the, to, um, to Ziad, the worship leader from Jordan. And I said, listen, well, why don't we do some music together? 
And what are some songs that you guys know that we might know? And so we talked about a few songs, and, uh, and then we got their worship team, and we got our band up there, and we all did this together. And so I want, to, I want you to see a video, uh, just a little clip from, uh, from that experience. It was, this was amazing. What you're going to see is you're going to see um, both groups together and us worshiping Christ together. Same song, two different languages, simultaneously. Take a look at the screen. the clip now. So that'll give you an idea of what that was like. Now, I don't know about you guys, but to be there that moment was such an incredible thing. And uh, because, and, and um, a friend of mine uh, that's here today was running sound, and uh, he could tell you, nobody, the, the, uh, all us white guys on the stage, <laughs> they're just bawling the whole time, and, and the people that came with us, you know, standing at the back of the tent doing the same. It was just a powerful moment, because here you had Different cultures, different languages, people who really knew nothing about each other. But we had one thing in common, and that was Christ. And there was a unified body of believers in corporate worship together. And it was a beautiful thing. And it was a powerful thing. And, uh, you know, we went there, and, and for most of the day we thought, we don't know why we're here, because, you know, I don't know why they asked us to come, because nobody's listening to us. And then we left there going, man... We are so glad we came. So glad we came. It was a powerful thing because um, music has the power to bring us together. And uh, it's a universal language. And God created us as very expressive beings. And He gave us the gift of music as a means of expression. As a matter of fact, the Scripture talks about uh, not only that we sing, but the Scripture talks about the trees and the rocks, and the oceans, and the stars, and the planets, and all of creation singing, singing praises to God. That's what the Bible says. That's not what I say. It's what the Bible says. Do you realize God created music before He created people? Do you know what the Jewish folks do? you know what the rabbis do when they read the Scripture in synagogue? They sing it. You know what they do when they pray? In their, in their, in their feasts and their, their, their traditions and their observances, they sing their prayers. They sing. And, and some traditions teach that God, when He created everything that existed, how did He create it? He created it with the spoken Word. And who is the Word? Jesus. John chapter 1. And the Word was, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. There wasn't anything without Him that was made. All things were made by Him and through Him. You, you heard these verses, right? And a lot, of, 
a lot of people, uh, rabbinical teaching, people will say that when God created, He didn't just speak, that He sang the Word. Could you imagine what that sounds like? So worship and music are not equal, but music is an integral part of what we do in worship. And that's why God has put this inside us. He made it. He made music long before He made us. So why would the Bible tell us to sing a new song? Well, one thing is for certain. God is very practical. And uh, Psalm 103 says that He knows our frame and He is mindful that we are but dust. Can I say but dust in church? I'm not sure that's what He meant. But He's mindful that we were made from the dust of the earth. You know, He knows how frail we are. He knows how fallen we are. He knows, he knows how, how, how quickly we will disappoint Him. He made us. We're human and we're fragile. And we're not holy. And God was mindful of that. And He knew that we needed a fresh expression. I remember when the song I Can Only Imagine came out. I heard the song and I thought I, I, thought I was going to have to pull over on the side of the road because I was, gonna, I was losing it. And then later, um, the same guy, Bart Millard, he came out with that song about, um, what's the one about seeing his daddy's face in heaven when I, when I finally get back home? Same thing, right? <laughs> and so the first time I heard I Can Only Imagine, I thought, uh, I, I, can't, I can't hear this song without crying. And then somebody asked me to sing it, and I'm like, I can't get through it because I can't stop crying. But eventually I got to where I could listen to it without crying. And I could sing it without crying. And it's a great song and it's got great meaning. But I can disconnect from it. And I can disconnect real easy. But then when a new song comes out, it hits me the same way. See, we, we, need, a, we need a fresh perspective. We need a fresh expression. We need, we need a fresh... Isn't that what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit anyway? That we're supposed to be being filled? We need a fresh filling of the whole, with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. It's not that we don't have the Holy Spirit when we come to Christ, but we need a fresh work of God in our lives. And so as we grow in our relationship with Christ, as we walk with the Lord, as we experience new things, hard things, good things, bad things, easy things, tough things, whatever they are, we experience these new trials and new situations in life, and we need a fresh expression of who God is, of who Christ is in our lives and what He's doing in us. And my family has been through a hard time in the past year. And, um, you know, out of that have come some really, really, in my opinion, in my life, very powerful songs that the Lord has given to me. Songs of victory, songs of surrender, and, and they come out of those fresh experiences. And so they're new songs, fresh expressions of my walk with Christ. So, you know, music resonates in our souls because God created us as emotional beings, musical beings, and He gave us the gift of worship. And so when we sing our, our songs, we need to sing songs that express our need for Him, that express um, the, 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 the new experiences on our journey with Him, that express our, our story of how we've been delivered, um, that express uh, or proclaim God's goodness to all those who hear us when we sing. And so when Pastor Lynn talks about how your worship is a witness to those who don't know Christ. It really is true. Because, you know, that passage I mentioned before, faith, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you continue reading that passage, it says, but how will they hear unless someone tells them? Your worship can be a witness to others. And it is a witness to others. And so what we want to do this morning is I want to just kind of lead you in some application of this concept of how we worship God through song with a new song. And I want to teach you a new song. And I'm going to start off by singing it myself. And you can just listen. I want you to join in when you feel comfortable. But this is a song uh, that, that means a lot to me. This is one of the songs that's been very powerful for me. Um, written by a friend of mine in Nashville named Jamie Harville. Um, he, uh, I'm going to turn this wireless mic off. Uh, he wrote Ancient of Days and Because We Believe, some older tunes you might be familiar with. And um, this is a song that he wrote. It's called Only Always, written by him and Gary Sadler. 
And I want you to listen to the expression of the sacrifice of Christ with seemingly contradictory terms. And this is not just a song about remembering what Christ has done for us, but it's about expressing a new commitment. So just listen and reflect on on God's goodness. Christ gave everything for us. I think the least that we can give him is a new song from time to time. We need a fresh filling. Father, give us a freshness in our worship today. Give us a freshness in our walk with you. Help us, Lord, to worship you, not just in song, but in our lives. Father, you are so good. And we do worship you today.
in spirit and in truth. We give you homage. We bow in your presence. We kiss your feet. We prostrate ourselves in humility that the King of the universe, the spoken word, the creator of all things, would humble himself to so honor us with the opportunity to be in your very presence by making himself a sacrifice. Help us to worship you in a better way. In Jesus' name. We're going to have a time of response, you know, call it invitation time, whatever. Uh, it's not the end of the service. It's just a time for you to reflect upon what you've heard. And then we're actually going to close with some more songs uh, today in the service. Um, we've talked about a new song. So I guess the question is, do you have a song to sing, a new song to sing? You know without any doubt in your life that Jesus has reached down and took you up out of the pit. That Jesus reached down and he's cleaned you of that mud of sin that was attached to your life. Do you have any doubt at all that He has placed you on His divine self? And that He wants to be involved in your life and order your steps, guide you, direct you in life. If you've got any doubts in that whatsoever, as they do this next song or set of songs, I'll be here at the front. Daryl's here at the front also. We'd invite you to come. If you don't know for sure, that you've got a song to sing because you've got a relationship with Jesus, then why not change that today? Why not start out this year the best any year can be in your life by saying yes to Christ as your Savior? For those of us that already know Him, maybe today's a good time for you to commit fresh and new to sing a song for other people to hear. Because other people that you work around or in your family or that you see out in the world they need to hear a song from you that you know you've been brought out of the pit that you know that Jesus has saved you that you know you're on him the rock that you know that he guides your steps see the world needs to hear that so maybe today for believers as we have this time of decision it's a good time for you to say hey it's a new year this year I want to make the best effort I possibly can to sing a song about Jesus for others to hear. Please stand, God speak to your heart. We invite you to come. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Basin Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at And for more information, find us on the web at daythreechurch.com.